Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grabbag, your weekly podcast for you against the Game Pass collection. But this week we are doing a side quest episode, talking some news here in the month of July. No, we're not in July. Yeah, are we? No, we're in August. Here in the month of August. Man, time is flying by. But with me this week, I'm your hardcore gamer, Sandrew. With me, of course, our moderate gamer, Keith. Hello. And returning, our special guest who's been on a couple episodes with us, my brother, Aaron. Keith, that was the saddest hello I have ever... It was so... It was depressing. Hello. That's much better. That's much better. There it you was go. just very sad uh, hearing, hello. Like you were confused. Hi Thank you so much, Aaron. I, I feel like Keith has been putting less and less effort just saying hello <laughs> at the beginning. It's like, I try to sound semi-excited to be here, it's, Keith. Come it's on. not too long. It'll just be a grunt. And that'll be a, the best you're going to get out of him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not like that, Keith. That was a little sensual. Uh, <laughs> Just giving the people what they want. But uh, this week, we, you know, we thought we'd kind of discuss some news because there's actually been some pretty decent news that's been going on. Uh, case in point, so this week we're going to talk a little bit of the Microsoft FTC trial, but not too much because there's plenty of other outlets that have been covering this thing to death. But we thought we'd put in a couple of our two cents of what we thought of the trial, what we hope comes from it. We're here to talk about some games we've been playing. We've been talking about Microsoft turning on some of the Call of Duty servers, the old school Call of Duty servers, which Aaron here is a big call it lifetime Call of Duty fan. So figured he can put his kind of two cents here. But yeah, we figured we'd cover some of the news that's been going on because there's been a lot happening. But as I said... I wanted to start a little bit with the uh, Microsoft FTC, FTC trial. How, how much have you guys been following this? I mean, I've been all over this thing, so I've been, I've been, like I've been following this thing. Well, okay, <laughs> all right. I've been following this thing for like Same six here. months because this is technical. This is like this is like multiple years at is this really? point. You kind of, I, I almost forgot about. Hasn't it been like a year? Yeah, and it's, a half? it's been over like Almost a year and a half. Years. It's it's already the uh, so the deal between Microsoft and Blizzard like there's a deadline. If it doesn't close, technically Microsoft is supposed to pay Activision like billions of dollars because it's a sixty nine billion dollar acquisition, and they're supposed to pay like Activision like three billion dollars of like oh sorry it didn't go through it's our fault here's like a penalty kind of thing, and they've extended that like I think twice now. Yeah, I I, I think that's kind of the idea of how these deals work. I, not that I'm, I'm going to sound like an expert here, like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but like I said, I've literally been paying attention to this for the last like six months or so. But yeah. from my understanding, with deals this size, they purposely put the signing date pretty far out because they know it's going to have to go through a bunch of regulatory uh, hoops. To get there, there's obviously, what was that, a, a $68 billion deal or something like that. So it was an absurdly expensive deal. The only time I got super interested and started following this thing, because it seemed like the end battle, the final boss and all of this was going to be Microsoft versus the FTC. And little did we know, the mini boss ended up being the issue, and that was the CMA yeah. um, in the United Kingdom actually ended up denying it before it even got which, to the FTC Which trial. is so funny to me, like to go on a little side tangent. Literally every, every organization in the world has approved this deal. And the CMA is like, no, this is bad. And it's like, how how could you be the one area that says this is bad? And everyone is like, yeah, this is perfectly fine. I see no issue well, with this. And, like, at what yeah. point do you go, maybe we're wrong here? Well, and their whole argument never really made sense, too. Because it was... It was about cloud yeah, gaming. Which, obviously, I think anyone who's who's a Game Pass subscriber, you've probably dabbled in some cloud. And if you have... you. 
it's pretty easy to say that. No. Sorry, sorry to stop you real quick, but this is the thing that came to fruition during the thing. Microsoft announced only 2% of subscribers use the cloud. Oh, by golly. Which, which blows my mind. Uh, the listeners here, if you are not using the cloud service, it is great. Like the fact that you can do a quick maybe that's why it's boot so up great, of a though. game on Game Pass. Yeah, fifty percent of the Pass, subscribers like, are using it. Then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, maybe it's not so great. Maybe we find out they don't yeah, do a good sure. job. But I, but like, it's such a fantastic feature of like, am I into this game? Just boot it up on cloud, try it for five minutes, and see if you like well, it. So like, that's man, that's kind of my like question it? too. When they say that only two percent of users are using cloud, are they saying cloud from some sort of a mobile device or like the Samsung connected TVs that have the the Game Pass app? Which I feel like was one of those quietly released things and probably one of the coolest features that has ever been added to a tv is essentially a built-in console and it comes with like a 15 dollar a month subscription um or whatever because we'll talk about that too i guess but it's one of those things that's yeah i i can see where maybe it's only two percent of people are using it for that purpose but are two percent really only using it for cloud on their console because it's almost you could almost accidentally boot up a game on cloud if you don't pay attention because it like gives you that as your first app (laughs) and you're just like cool this game's playing i don't know what's happening i'll just do this (laughs) so again i just want to be clear i am not an expert here but there's actually two things that make this even more maddening uh one uh before this ends up happening with the cma microsoft enters a bunch of deals with other cloud gaming services to yep, ensure Nvidia. that Activision games would be available in those cloud cloud services. So if you're talking about a monopoly here, that was already an issue. Two, um, part of the numbers that the CMA was counting as quote-unquote cloud was Xbox Live users. So if you were somebody using Xbox Live, they counted you as using the cloud well, service. Was it because you... Your, so, your data is stored in the cloud, so they're just like calling it a I, cloud service, essentially. I guess this yeah. is, they got called out for this as like, "Hey, everybody else asked us for clarification on this, and we were able to show them the difference between <laughs> cloud gaming and using an Xbox Live service." Where the CMA basically just said, "No, those are all the same thing to us." So those two things were already kind of maddening as to why they denied it because not only did they have other deals they were counting something that no one else was considered as cloud yeah because it still says that if you like if you boot up a game on one console and then on another it comes up and it says syncing data with the cloud so it yeah I, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it that's a really really stupid kind of uh technicality it's a bad yeah, definition exactly yes but I, I guess that's what they want to go on this is something that microsoft i feel like is not praised enough for i i do not i did not realize how much i absolutely love their cloud saving so i just recently came in possession of a playstation 4 and like when i'm playing a game and i'm done with it and i'm trying to delete it it's like hey do you want to leave your save files and I, I forgot about this, that like during like the kind of the 360 era, when you had a game, if you deleted it, like you could delete your game or kind of s- use a couple megabytes to save your game file in case you redownload the game. And like, that's kind of what the PlayStation 4 is still doing. But like, I've just gotten so accustomed to Xbox where it's like, if you save a game, it's just in the cloud. Like your save is just in the cloud. So if you years down the road, like I've actually picked up some old Xbox one games that I forgot I had. And it's like, Hey, here's your save file. 
I did not think about that, but like it's a free service that Microsoft's been offering. PlayStation does it, but you have to pay for it with the PlayStation Plus subscription where it allows cloud saving. And it's weird. It's it's something I've just gotten so spoiled with. I love the cloud saving. It's it's something that's been so helpful. But is it kind of part of just being part of Xbox Gold? And that's why too, which is kind of like I think PlayStation so, yeah. Plus. And I think that's why FTC kind of encompassed it of like, oh yeah, people are using the cloud because of the cloud saving. Well, I'm just saying because it you, was something that was associated with the gold. Like if you have to pay for it to get the PS Plus, I mean that's kind of the same thing as paying for gold to to get it, and you just instinctively no, because you had right? to pay for like the high tier PlayStation Plus. Oh, okay. I think it was like the second of the best of the PlayStation Plus tier that like allowed the uh, cloud saving. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, either way. PlayStation sucks or something. Although it doesn't really play what you play, but I'm going to say that because it's an yeah. Xbox podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, this this whole trial has brought so much stuff into the light. But I kind of want to ask you guys. So I know one of the big things, this whole trial ended up happening because of PlayStation and Jim Ryan being like, oh, exclusivities, blah, blah, blah. Which Phil Spencer has basically said of, you know, Sony, you created this field. We're just playing in it. Because Sony's the big one with exclusivities and yada yada. So this whole trial has kind of brought the into light of exclusivity deals. And I kind of want to ask you guys of like, how do you think this is going to affect exclusivity deals going forward? Like, do you guys like exclusivity deals? Do you think this is going to make it so everything's going to be everyone's everything's on every platform now? Like, how do you think this is going to kind of turn out? Well, I mean, I think you have a couple factors, right? I mean, Nintendo always lags behind on technology. Like, and they and they admit it. Yeah, they know which it. Nintendo's always yeah. exclusive, and, they, and no one's ever complained exactly. about it. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's that, actually. That's a really good point and not what I was thinking. But just in terms of their technology, Xbox is going to be one of the reasons that actually Nintendo actually gets Call of Duty for the first time, right? Like, because yeah. they're pushing for it. But... You know, so you, you, there's going to be a hard level of exclusivity that they're kind of excluded in a lot of things. But at the same time, I think I kind of like it. It's never been a thing that's driven me to buy a console or even be overly upset. Like, I, like, for example, probably the best example I can think of is I think the Spider Man games look really cool on PlayStation. But personally, I don't think I would go out of my way to get one of those PlayStations to just play that game. So am I bummed that I can't play it on Xbox? Sure. Do I really care though? No, because there's plenty of other games that I do play. Which with since I got a PlayStation 4, I gotta say the Spider-Man game is pretty fun. It does look cool. But I agree with you, Keith. Is it was it fun enough that I'm like, oh, I wish I bought a PlayStation right away for this? No. It's it's definitely a game where on paper, if you see if you like what you're seeing, I can guarantee you that that's how the gameplay plays. And it is a lot of fun. Exclusivity is a, is a to me it's a double-edged sword. So in in one sense, should things be exclusive to a console? No. Can you think of any other media outside of streaming services? It's not like certain movies I can only see in certain locations. It's not like I can. Is, wait, is that TVs. is that true? No, I'm pretty. Because uh, you guys have talked DVD about where you're like, like oh, that. our AMC theater doesn't have it. That would be for that would be for a different reason. Those aren't necessarily exclusivity deals. Those are usually distribution deals. As oh, okay. in, they don't want to pay to distribute this to multiple theaters if it's just going to cost them more than what they're going to get back in return. It's a it's a different kind of setup than what these are. Now, I will say this though, the because it's a double edged sword. 
Um, we talked about that. Well, you briefly touched on the FTC case. We haven't really talked about actually what happened with that. But with, in the FTC case, um, there was a big old boo-boo. Uh, somebody posted a bunch of redacted information, and they forgot um, that just blacking it out, uh, everyone could still read it. <laughs> um, and on those blackout documents, it actually showed some information on how much Sony's paid for things like uh, The Last of Us. Um, was one of the ones that came up there. And I think some of the Uncharted games showed up on there as well. And they were like in like $200 million range for those games. So think about this. Would that game, if Naughty Dog was still an independent studio and was not owned by Sony, would they have actually spent $200 million to make that game? Could they actually even afford it to pull that off? Or would Sony, kind of banking on them being a console seller be willing to actually invest that type of money to create that type of game. So I think there's, I think the specialty in some of those games probably comes from the budgets that go behind them as well. But again, as we've seen, third-party games can do pretty great too um, without having uh, massive budgets behind them as well. So, um, but that would be my guess. My guess is that some of these games have a huge advantage because of the amount of money being invested into them. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I've mentioned it before, but there's a book actually Liz bought me for one of my presents once called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. And it actually breaks down a handful of games, Destiny, Stardew Valley, uh, Diablo 3. Like it breaks down of like how the production went with them and it interviews some of the people that were in behind the teams. But it's actually a really interesting and light read because uh, one of them specifically, uh, Pillars of Eternity, which is from Obsidian Studios, which is now owned by Microsoft. But at the time, they were a private studio, and they talked about how they crowdfunded the game. And it's it's a, a good book because it it's, it's interesting of reading the story of like, we wanted to add this section of the map and this section, but we didn't have the budget because it would take this amount of time and paying for the staff, blah, blah, blah. And it eventually kind of breaks down of like the struggles of a third-party studio when you're not owned by one of these big companies. But then they talk about when you read some of these other games of a company that does have big money behind it, how they have a kind of a safety net. We can do these kind of things of like these bigger scopes because we have a safety net behind us. So I, I do, I know a lot of people were kind of upset about like exclusivity deals with them, you know, Call of Duty coming out. I like exclusivity stuff because it challenges each of these studios. Cause I, I know that was the thing of like, Sony has a lot of amazing intellectual properties that I feel like they're not touching. And I know that was originally the big thing about this whole studio was like, oh, we're not going to have Call of Duty. You know, Microsoft might take away Call of Duty from us. We're going to be, oh, woe is us. We're going we're gonna to lose and we're going to be bought out because we can't keep, we can't compete if we don't have Call of Duty. As like, it's come to light, like Sony knows that they're safe. Sony knows that they have the stuff. They have the capabilities to do things. I, I, I will say I do like exclusivities because it gives players choice of what they want. Like, you know, Sony does have a lot of Japanese, you know, studios behind them. If you want a good third person action RPG, yeah, Sony's going to be, PlayStation's going to be kind of more of your jam. If you're looking for, I think more multiplayer, more, you know, Western RPGs, like Xbox is going to be your jam. I do like that there's exclusivity deals, but with this FTC trial, it is gross to kind of see like 
how the sausage is made. I don't know a better term to say, but to see like these dirty deals going on, it's kind of weird. Well, speaking of dirty deals, this is just, I, 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 well, is it still Twitter now? I don't know. If, is it just X? It was, it was back when it was Twitter though. <clears throat> I don't remember yeah. who, who it was, but kind of this, I guess you could call it a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but how basically Microsoft ultimately used Redfall as part of their fodder like intentionally released it as a poor I, I game. I heard that. It, like, I, I can't say that it was true, but it was this really interesting breakdown that essentially that, yeah, they were trying to, like everyone kind of knew it wasn't ready to go out the door. In most cases, they would just say, push it, whatever, this is too important to do wrong. But they knew that by releasing this, they could go, oh man, see, yeah, we just, we boned it again. We need another good exclusive. This is why we need a Call of Duty. We can't do it our, with what we have. So it was, I, I don't know if it's true, obviously, and it probably isn't, but I, I man, I can't tell you that it, there's something about it that doesn't seem right. For how that game came out, I, this is, I'm, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, man, but like as far as like how Redfall came out, it kind of makes me go, that kind of makes sense. Well, and I think the biggest reason that, assuming it was true, is that there was a lot of talk from the developers who were working on the game that probably about three months prior until I think the CMA deal fell through is when they said, hey, like they basically thought they were just not going to complete the game. Like it was actually just going to get shelved at that point. It was so it was in yeah. such disarray. And they basically had them throw a bunch of Band-Aids on it to get it out the door. And there's some, you know, some people who think that that might be part of the reason they were doing that. <laughs> yeah, that, and it makes sense actually when you think about some posturing here. Um, you know, if you you've got to make yourself almost look a little meek and timid. And they did through the whole make thing, sure that you're right. Numbers... Like they were always like, "Oh, look at us! No, we're so bad. We just we can't sell anything." Yeah, and, and statistically speaking, they're 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 in third place. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're probably, honestly, third they're probably quite a always bit. going to be in third place. Yeah. I, I don't see how that changes. And I mean, obviously, Phil Spencer's commented on that, too. He basically said, we're not going to be able to out-console this thing. It's just not how this is going to work moving forward. You know, I, I think they were smart to create a Game Pass system basically yeah. before anybody else did. And at this point, have completely mastered it. Yeah. Um, the, the other kind of shady thing, I don't know if this was ever confirmed or not. Um, but there was that rumor going around that not only was Sony paying for exclusivity deals, they were paying to keep things off of Xbox. Which is a wild so, thing. I don't know if that was ever actually confirmed, but there were some rumors that there were some games that were on the table to be put onto Game Pass, and basically Sony stepped in and just paid them yeah. to not put it on the there. The biggest rumor was Cult of the Lamb, which, Keith, you actually yeah, bought. I did. It's a fun game. To, to me... To me, this seems so dumb. Like it, it doesn't. It on it's paper an indie makes darling. no sense. It is, but it is. Oh, don't get me wrong. Anyone I've heard it talk about Call of the Lamb loves that game. Mm -hmm. But you no, know, it seems weird to be like, "Hey, I'm going to pay you millions of dollars. Don't put your don't put your we game on Game Pass." And like, we don't know if it was millions. Yeah, I guess, but True. it's it's that's what it's suggested that's possibly millions that they said you cannot go to Game Pass and they signed that deal. 
But it just it just seems weird because Sony is not recuperating that money. It's not like people are going, I'm going to get a PlayStation to play Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb is on everything, on Switch, on Xbox, on PlayStation, on PC. So it's, it just seems weird to pay an exuberant amount of money to just reduce a game to not be on Game Pass. I mean, maybe, but I... Yeah. Oh, it, I guess buying it through like buying it through Xbox keeps money out of Xbox pocket somehow. But yeah, I like it's one of those which Xbox takes like a, I think a twenty percent cut when a game is sold on their I, system. I have no idea. Like that's usually I think it's twenty eighty is like the kind of the cut. But yeah, I mean it's one of those things where a game like Cult of the Lamb coming to Game Pass is everything that I love about Game Pass, and I have Game Pass because of that. But if I at this point didn't have Game Pass and I've never had Game Pass. Cult of the Lamb isn't coming to Game Pass, and I go, oh, well, that's the moment I need it now. Like, that's not turning the page for me, but yeah. for all of the years that I've had it, it's 100% the reason that I have Game Pass. Well, and because I did the, yeah. you know, subscription service for my console through Xbox, too, so I kind of have to pay for yeah. it. But on the flip side, I can also kind of understand, because Cult of the Lamb is from Devolver Publishers, and Devolver has been very open about saying that they love Game Pass. They've seen a great increase in a lot of the games that they've published that have gone on Game Pass. They've seen an increase on sales. So it, I can kind of see the other flip side of like, Call of the Lamb seems kind of the game that is like ripe and perfect for Game Pass, but it's just not on there. So I can kind of understand the conspiracy theory of the wealth saying like, yeah, maybe PlayStation didn't keep it from there, but I don't know. But like, because of this whole trial and stuff like that, like, the thing that I think is weird, like, so Keith, as you were saying with the conspiracy theory of, like, Redfall, like, they purposely send it out to be bad, to make them look bad. I'm, I also kind of want to ask you guys, do you think it's also possible, like, like, do you think, I, I like, there are other reasons to kind of back up that conspiracy theory of Redfall being bad to make them look bad, is, like, how Microsoft handles their media, specifically, like, the Halo TV show. I'm sorry, I feel like I talk about this every single time we do a side quest episode. I hated the Halo TV show so much. It is so stinking bad. And then, like, so Twisted Metal just came out on Peacock. I've only seen just the first episode, but already I'm like, this is fun. This is a fun use of the property, like, it didn't have much of a story like it, you know, Twisted Metal. Like it's not like, oh, this is a heavy lore kind of game. Like there's great things to feed off of here. But like Twisted Metal already is a lot of fun. Sony just did The Last of Us. The Last of Us was was great. Everyone loved The Last of Us. Super Mario Brothers just came out. I And it just came out streaming on Peacock, which Aaron, I know you're a huge advocate of Peacock. Huge. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Super Mario movie is a ton of fun. How is it that every studio is like when they are doing a media a movie or a TV show of their property, they do a fantastic job. Well, I guess except maybe the Uncharted movie. That's that's kind of maybe the one flop from Sony. But and then here Microsoft comes. They've done multiple Halo stuff and they're awful. The only thing that was good was the uh, the Pillar of Autumn one, which what was it called? I can't remember. But it was like it was a prequel kind of to the pillar of autumn, well, but it would have like Dawn in the name. Yes. I think it was, uh, yeah, but it, it did have Dawn. In the Dawn. Name. Yeah. But it was, yeah. that was actually good. Microsoft cannot do a decent one. I, I'm almost curious if they created the halo TV show to be so awful to make them look better. So I don't think no, so. That, no, I, no, I, no, that doesn't well, make sense. Then just, <laughs> I, I also, I need to just, I need to jump back real quick. You just keep calling this a side quest. It's just, it's, this is a boy talk episode. It's that's, that's what these are now. Uh, no, no, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron's the guest. Aaron gets to name this episode. 
Uh, uh, this is called Gentleman Talk. Oh, okay. Ooh, we okay. are at a fancy bar. It's classy. Where I'm sitting at like the booth like a toddler. Um, <laughs> how about, how about gentleman, yes, gentleman time? Uh, that might uh, be too far. <laughs> a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> but I, I think I think the biggest issue, and maybe The Last of Us is kind of the exception because I've and I've never played the game, but from what I understand, it's super like it super follows the game, the the gameplay or the movie does yeah, the show. It's does. pretty close, but yeah. Super Mario Brothers. You said it. It doesn't really follow any specific story. It just has fun with it. It's that movie is really it's fun for everyone because kids are going to enjoy it. But it's it's nostalgia top to bottom. I mean, they're throwing Mario Kart at you, Super Smash Brothers, every Mario IP you could think of is just kind of thrown in there in little bits and bites, and it's just fun. I haven't watched Twisted Metal yet, but like as you said, it's nothing super lore heavy to begin with. So just have fun with the world that it is and build your own lore around it. Halo, now the easy thing to do, if 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 someone gave me, I don't know, say $100 million, if that's what it costs to make a Halo movie or TV show, I'm going to go, okay, what's the story from Halo 1? Make that. And that's what I'm going to produce. Yeah, to do really you, anything <laughs> less seems kind of weird to me or anything more seems like, I don't know, a little bit too lofty. I'm just going to take the easy way and be like, yes. the whole Halo series is basically a movie with a video game. Just do yeah. that. That would be my thing. And, and say Microsoft Studios like, hey, let's make Master Chief remove his helmet. Better yet, let's make him show his butt a lot. Well, hold Here on, we hold go. On. Here's Master I, Chief. I need to back up real quick. <laughs> do Halo 1 show Master Chief's butt cheeks a lot, though? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to push back on this entire premise, though, okay? Um, as your resident movie and TV true, true. guy, yep. I, think, I, think you're, I think you're getting a little high on this thing right now, Andrew. Uh, the bar for video game properties is, like, low, low. Like, at your ankles low. <clears throat> so much so... It's gotten better. It's, okay, like, knee okay. high, I would say, now. Andrew, you named, like... Three things, and suddenly Microsoft sucks. Well, soon we're coming with a Borderlands movie. Don't get me wrong. Microsoft has not done a good job to this point, and I think there is a one key factor in making these things. But let's just be real here. We've done Tomb Raider. Yeah. None of those have been good. We've done Resident I Evil. I would argue once. None of decent. those have been good. Uh, no, 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 no. Resident Evil is campy. It's not great, but there, uh, even for Andrew, someone like me, I find Andrew. them to be kind of campy fun. Hold up. Would you look at a Resident Evil game and say Resident Evil games are campy? I wouldn't. Okay, good point. That's a good point. So the movie <laughs> doesn't even follow the same themes yeah. of the game. The Mario movie is as basic of a movie that could possibly be made. Yeah. It was literally, as Keith just said, let's just throw some nostalgia at you. Let's just, uh, all Mario things, we'll just shoot it at you for an hour and a half and call it a movie. And that's all it is. One singular factor in making these things successful, and that is somebody who respects the source material. Yes. That is it. If somebody comes in and respects the source material, it's fine. If you go back and look at the showrunners for Halo, <laughs> and they said they specifically didn't want to do anything with the games, <laughs> they so specifically weird. had objects to do outside of Halo, it was like, and that is exactly how you fail. You, you failed before you even started because you did not respect the material. The people that want to go see it, the people that want to go see the Mario movie, 
want to just see Mario thrown at them for an hour and a half. The Halo people just want to see Halo stuff thrown at them for an hour and a half. That's it. It's not that difficult. And that's the problem. But again, don't sit here and act like, oh, everybody's killing it right now. They're really not. It's, it's, it's not that great out here. And you've even complained. You've even complained about The Last of Us. There's barely any zombies in it. Barely any because they couldn't afford it. And, and the game has it as a way more ever-present threat as this one did, barely did in the show. Don't get me wrong. It's good. I enjoyed it a lot. And I'm even mildly looking forward to a second season. But it understood what the source material it was. It cared about it. And it went in and delivered on that front. But that's all that matters here. But seriously, chill out on the everybody's killing it here except <laughs> Microsoft. Nobody's really killing it. They're just doing better than we've seen and like the last twenty five years. I would disagree about killing it though. And still nobody has seen that movie. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> has anybody here seen Avatar I have 2 not. yet? No. <laughs> no, I haven't either. I, I probably won't. <laughs> so to circle around with those whole FTC and Microsoft fighting, do you think Microsoft is now going to maybe possibly put more of an effort? Because like I, I feel like Microsoft has not been caring too much about the properties that they own. Because I know that was a big argument that people were complaining about of Microsoft's going to own Call of Duty, but they're not going to do anything with that. They're not going to care about this property, and it's just going to churn out. Now, if you wanted to make an argument that you believe Microsoft has been slacking in the last year and a half, two years, whenever they announced this Activision deal, I, I could see you making that argument as a whole. As a whole, if you look at the last year and a half, two years, again, however long this deal has been working its way through, it feels like an eternity, um, there is absolutely an argument to, to be made that things have been falling through the cracks. Yeah. Games have been getting delayed like crazy. Launches of games. Because even if you even if you want to look at Redfall, yeah, okay, Redfall is a bad launch, but look at Halo. Halo was an awful launch, and it, it had every reason to be a good launch. It was supposed to launch with the stinking console. Yeah. It was a year delay, and it still was rough. It didn't launch with co-op. So you could look at this as a whole and say, man... They haven't been launching exclusives. Starfield got delayed. Halo got delayed. Redfall got delayed. It probably should have been delayed again. What are they doing? They're clearly... We have not seen Perfect Dark. There's been that talk about Perfect Dark just being in an absolute abysmal state right now. Yeah. So I do believe that the Activision deal, they've focused 100% on that, and everything else has been sitting by the wayside. Again, I don't know if that's related to the TV show. I know this TV show is a really big deal to you right now, Andrew. <laughs> but as a whole, I think Microsoft really cut has been in, in trouble. I think I think Aaron's got the right take there. Yeah. I mean, the reason I'm asking this, because I feel like ever since now that this deal has been going through, I feel like Microsoft has been making strides to do better. So I know one thing I really have been enjoying about Phil Spencer is... I know one of our listeners has messaged us before and they asked us of like, what do you guys think about game preservation? So I, there was actually an article saying about 10% of games released by like before 2006, only 10% of games are like still available to purchase. So a lot of older games just don't exist anymore. But Microsoft has been a big advocate for backwards compatibility and getting things that you have purchased, their ecosystem, if you purchase this game, you will be able to have it and keep going with it. So there was another article with Blizzard Activision. They own Transformers. And Hasbro has come out and said, we would love for Microsoft to bring back 
uh, I think it was the fi- fall of Cybertron was the game, which is mm-hmm. a that lot of rules. Yeah. People said that game is great. It's a very good game, but people would say we would love for this to be on game pass. Like Hasbro said that we want this to keep going And Microsoft. I feel like is a big advocate for game preservation case in point. Microsoft, which is, it has been credited that Microsoft has reactivated all the old Call of Duty servers. So this is another reason why I wanted our special guest here, Aaron. He's a big Call of Duty fan to come on here. But Call of Duty is back. You don't just have to play whatever current gen there is. You can play all the great games. How does this make you feel, Aaron? It's kind of back. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. But... This was funny. So this was maybe oh like three days after the FTC appeal yeah, about. fell apart. All of a sudden, the server started working again. And everyone was like, why? Why are they suddenly working? And it's like, duh, there's, there's, a, bunch of, there's a bunch of Call <laughs> of Duty games probably coming to Game Pass here really soon. So it's probably important that these servers work. Um, all... All at once, these servers started working. So for anybody that hasn't been following and hasn't been paying attention to Call of Duty, this is the curse of Call of Duty. Uh, They release a game, they care for that game, and then once the year mark runs out and the next Call of Duty comes out, they don't touch it anymore. It it sits in the pile. They leave it to the hackers. Um, (laughs) Go wild. And they leave it to the hackers, and they get hacked like crazy. Um, And eventually the servers fell apart on literally every old Call of Duty. I think the last three you could still play, and even then, there there was then even bigger issues where hackers could outright see your IP address. Yeah. Uh, they could mess with a whole lot of stuff just by you Jeez. playing Call of Duty. So it was actually bad for you to play Malware. Call of Duty, which they were selling for full price. They still sell these games for full price. Price. Well, recently it's they had a sale, stupid. and they were like fifteen bucks. So, when when the servers got fixed, yeah. a sale went live, and holy cow, those games got populated like crazy. Yeah. Do you remember old Call of Duty's? This is I Call of Duty, I right? have a Call of Duty Black Ops Two. I I booted up, and I was like, and I that, forgot how fun this was. Do you remember when you were in the start menus, and it would show a map yeah. in the bottom right hand corner? And it would show you where active players were in the world, and it would show you how many were on there. That's been kind of cool to see. It's been cool to see those kind of reactivate and spike back up. But the reason why I say it kind of has come back, uh, the hackers are still there. Uh, there's yeah. still some some hacked lobbies. So they fixed matchmaking so you could actually get into matches so quickly. Um, as long as people are there and people are there. Uh, the problem right now is uh, they're still I've heard it, which they're is still which is so weird. I read that it was yeah. better on Xbox, which is got. I mean, not all I, that surprising, but I think, it is kind of funny. I think what happened is because the population got so big, games where actual hackers are is is relatively small. So I think that's ultimately what ended up happening. So you would run into a hacker now one out of every ten games, as opposed to. Oh, I guess that makes sense. I and I guess kind of partially what I was thinking was that in theory, Microsoft has better access to their own servers to be like, hey, we can do better work to these than say what we can do to the PlayStation ones. But at this point, it would still be Blizzard and Activision who would be working on those. Yeah. uh, So from my understanding, this is specifically just an Xbox thing right now. So the PlayStation servers are still completely jacked. 
Um, I, not many of these were on PC, these older ones. Um, if there were any, I don't think any of those are working either. So it was just the Xbox servers that suddenly started working. Um, and another thing that I've read, I don't know how true this is because Microsoft does not release console sales uh, numbers anymore. They stopped doing that years ago um, after they basically were getting their butts kicked uh, every year by PlayStation. Um, but supposedly, re or allowing those servers to be fixed suddenly was a huge spike in console sales. People went out and bought Xbox, specifically the Series S, in droves just so they could play old Call of Duty I games I guess that again. makes sense. The Series Which S is probably the most available. But at the same time, too, I mean, yeah, it's I, kind of the yeah, I, you need to, to get to play. It's just, I think, price. So, so if all I was trying to do was play Modern Warfare 3 from the Xbox 360, I would go out and buy an Xbox yeah. Series S because it's the cheapest console and I could buy the game for 20 bucks and relive it on that console. I think that's the only reason why the Series S suddenly had a huge spike in sales was uh, was because of this. Well, Series X has been selling quite a bit too. Like People have been reporting that Amazon's been sold out, that they yeah. haven't been available. Yeah. Yeah, so it's obviously this is cool for me. Um, Does this make you want to boot Black up the old ones? Yeah, Black Ops 2. Um, I would just mention to you before we got on this that I already had uh, a digital copy of Black Ops 2 when it went on sale like a couple years ago. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's, you can play it on your Series X. I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to get that. Um, and it's been cool to, to kind of revisit those games. I mean, in, in total, some of those games, I have like... You have a, a lot month of time. And a half yeah. of gameplay on some of these, like, <laughs> like just stupid amounts of time that I've I've put into these. So, obviously, before being married, having kids, or even really having a job, uh, that was my job was was playing uh, Call of Duty. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fun to go back and play those. Even though nowadays I would much prefer to play Battlefield, I'd much prefer to play Diablo. Um, it Man. is still it still gives you a little of that nostalgia hit to go back and play. So those. for someone who's always been a Call of Duty person, are you done with Call of Duty? Um Yeah, probably. Wow. I I don't I do not think I will buy that my I say all this to say I did buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, so <laughs> I did buy that one. Um but holy smokes, they just gave up on it. Yeah. And it was all about Warzone. And there were no updates. There was it was just a completely dead game. That makes sense. Um, I mean, it's a- I cannot for the life of me stand uh, the matchmaking. I cannot stand a lobby constantly being sweaty because I think I sit at like a one point four KDR. So that apparently means I'm a major league gamer. Uh, so I have to get put in those lobbies. So everyone drop shots. Hate, Everyone can jump shot. That so much, and it's just not fun. It's like, not. So it's it's just, gimmicky. It just gets frustrating to play those games. So I, I just, I'm just kind of like I'm good. So even now, there, you know, all the rumors about the next Modern Warfare Three coming out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't care. I just do not care. I would only care if it were free on Game Pass. If it were free on Game Pass, I would download it and play it. But that is it. I'm not gonna pay seventy dollars for this experience anymore. I'm, I'm kind of uh, done. I mean, that do makes you think sense. I? 
that's probably why I never got like above a one KDR. It just put me in those lobbies just in the first place. It just knew that I would just be too powerful. Yeah, Keith, it, right <laughs> away they put you in the MLG game lobby. Like it, you would be too <laughs> powerful if we put him anywhere else. So we, they had to nerf you real fast. Yeah. They knew right That's the definitely what happened. They saw me flashbang myself one time and they went, this guy, this guy's going to be a problem if we put him out there. <laughs> that is an all-time Keith memory. An all-time Keith memory is Keith flashbanging himself and us dying laughing at him and him being so enraged. It was a tutorial, too. He could not get to a tutorial. They were mannequins. They were mannequins and he just blasted himself with the flashbang. It was pretty awesome. To this day, every time I flashbang myself in any game, I'm just like, ah. Immediately triggered. Immediately triggered. I know. Just PTSD. A little bit. A little bit. Well, so I guess my question, Andrew, I mean, obviously you do a lot of cloud gaming at work. Is Candy Crush going to be the first cloud game that you boot up? Man, I cannot wait to play Candy Crush on mobile. I mean, I've been, I've dying. been dying for so long to play that game on mobile. And now that it's going to be on cloud play, oh, whew, cannot wait to Candy Crush it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> no, I mean, that is like, I, I, I that's the other thing I've heard a lot of people say of like, that was the big reason why the FTC was fighting because of mobile, but none of their arguments were ever because of mobile. Yeah. Although I will say if I get some, if I can get some Xbox gamer score for candy crush, I will absolutely fire that, that jank up on mobile. Me too. <laughs> some mobile. Me too. But Aaron, do you, are you more hopeful for Call of Duty's future with Microsoft owning Activision? Or are they going to halo? Uh... it? Halo TV show. I don't make a terrible TV show out of it. <laughs> I don't. I genuinely don't know. Because here's here's my thinking, right? If I'm Microsoft, and I just spent sixty eight billion dollars for Activision Blizzard, Blizzard, and let's say about eighty percent of those profits are Call of Duty, because that's basically seems to be what it, what it is. Would I want to? change anything about what they're doing right now i mean probably not i mean just speaking from a from a business side of things uh, no i'd want them to keep doing whatever they're doing in Warzone, uh whatever stupid stuff they're doing over there a snoop dog and Nicki minaj all, coming out all i would care because all if i'm microsoft the most that i care about is make call of duty but we'll put it on game pass and that's going to be a subscription service that people are now going to purchase. And then likely consoles, or you're hoping consoles as well, yeah. to pick that game up instead of paying the $70 every year. They pay their subscription service and they have it. And all of them, all the, the previous I'm, ones as well. But I'm not convinced that, you know, Phil Spencer's going to come in there and be like, guys, come on, get rid of get rid of this matchmaking system. This This isn't fun for people. You guys should... Build more maps for six v six. I don't see them. I don't see them doing that because they're gonna look at the Warzone numbers and go, "Oh wait, Warzone makes how much money? They'll just keep doing that." So no, I'm not. I'm not hopeful uh, that Call of Duty could be fixed at this point. I I think that they found a system that makes them a lot of money but makes a crappy game, and that's well, what I, they're doing. Honestly, jokes aside, though, like I I would be curious how much uh, King brings in with their mobile games because mobile games can be cash. It brings cows, a lot, and so. It's, it's oh, low and, development. And that's and, been Microsoft's argument cash. this whole time. Their whole time has been, we want mobile. We want mobile. We have nothing in the mobile yeah, market. King that's gets them in there. So, it, yeah, and I, it's, a, I, it's a brilliant play. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know, it seems profitable and you know, it gets them into mobile. So I can, I can see that. 
So you guys make a, like a lot of good points. I, I I do like where you're saying, Aaron, of like I don't think Call of Duty is going to change too much. But surprisingly, what Microsoft did actually change quite a bit is their subscription services, which I don't know if you guys have seen this. I, I do find this very odd. This is something that has really kind of flown on the radar because I, I got a personal message on Xbox Live saying like, hey, things are changing. But Microsoft is completely changing their Games for Gold, their Xbox Game Pass subscription service, and they're coming up with this weird tier system, which is very reminiscent of like how Sony is doing their PlayStation Plus service, which I which is weird that they're adapting kind of Sony's style because when Sony came out with it, a lot of people were like, "This is weird. I don't know. This is kind of confusing." And I guess Microsoft said, "Hey, let's do that too." But Microsoft is essentially creating like a a four tier system, so. They're getting rid of the Xbox Gold, which isn't surprising because Gold has been dying. Everyone's known it. Honestly, a lot of people suspected Gold to go away probably about a year ago because I remember when they announced that big major games like Fortnite, uh, I think PUBG, and like um, I can't remember the other one. There was there was a couple big online multiplayer games. They said you do not need an online subscription for you can just play for free. And so it was like out of the games for gold subscription because Xbox gold was all about playing online, but now they're now it's official Xbox gold is gone. So now they have a four tier system of core console PC and ultimate in the way, which is very confusing. I feel like they could have really kind of made it a little bit simpler, but core, which is essentially um, games uh, Xbox gold. So anyone who's been a long time subscriber gold, gold was the, uh, one where, hey, every month you get, like, about four free games. Xbox Game Pass Core. Sorry. So it'll be Games with Core instead of Games with Gold? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Games with Core. I don't like well, that. Well, Game Pass Core is, is the actual name well, for it. I'm just wondering what but the what it does, for the games. That's all. Because it won't be Games yeah, with Gold It's anymore. weird. They don't, they don't do the games anymore. The games are gone. Games are gone. Oh. It's now Game Pass Core is what it's called. Oh, okay. No, that, and it's, it's they just removed, a sil- They removed the free oh, games. That kind of stinks because yes, I like that even just looks like an ultimate subscriber. I, every now and then there are some fun games that would pop up. Well, well, the, well, Core still does it. So Game Pass Core, what it is, it gives you online multiplayer. So essentially what Xbox Gold did. It gives you a catalog of 25 select console games. So it gives you select 25 games on their Game Pass service is within that $10 subscription. And then it also gives you deals and discounts. So the 10 games when it comes out is Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fabled Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, and a bunch of just the main Microsoft Studios, Descenders, which a I lot of the games know. we've actually covered. Yeah, I think it's funny. Descenders <laughs> so is one weird. of them. That was one of our very first games we did on this podcast, and it's one of the games. My, my five-year-old it is, loves it that is game, one of the, the first games. Really, that I, I liked, and you guys plays it every day. Hate. Yeah, that was Keith's like very first recommendation that we played. I didn't hate it. It was just bare bones. It's very bare bones, but he loves to dress up his rider. And just I slam into walls. That's great. That's like his I favorite thing. That, I mean, you can go buck wild in that game if you don't care about like actually finishing right. the races. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. So these these twenty five games that are on the subscription are rotating, so they will kind of take them in and out. Which I gotta say, this is a way better deal than Games for Gold because the four games that were usually given to you for free on Gold were fine, nothing groundbreaking. 
at one point they gave Gears of War, but that was like the top tier game. Usually they're like kind of these small indie darlings, which aren't bad, but there were never anything to be like, whoa, this is way worth its description. So I do kind of say I got to like, I do like that they're getting rid of gold and kind of doing this $10 a month and you get this catalog of 25 games because these 25 games is hours of content and they're very and good And online games. gameplay is just online gameplay now, right? Like there's no subscription for online. If you purchase a game outright, Correct. you don't have to pay anything to play online. Okay. Correct. That's what the $10 a month does. Uh, then they have $11 a month for the console game pass which gives you the full access to hundreds of games on the Xbox Game Pass. And it gives you the day one Game Pass games and additional deals and discounts. So basically, $1 more a month gives you the entire Xbox Live catalog. Or the entire Game Pass catalog. Which is which is a weird pricing tier to be like, hey, just give us one more dollar a month. And you, instead of 25 games, you get hundreds of games. Kind of weird. Uh, and then there's the PC tier, which is $10 a month. So it's the same as the core, which just gives you access to Game Pass PC, the hundreds of titles that are on PC and EA Play. This is what I mean. This is like once PC is kind of put in, this is what I mean. This tier system's weird. Like to be like, oh, am I doing PC? Am I doing console? Am I doing core? I feel like they could have, first of all, named these tiers way easier to kind of understand because... Even me just reading this to everyone, I'm like, this is confusing. I don't get what this is. There was no press conference for this. This was literally a message I got on Xbox Live saying, hey, we're changing our pricing. Go look it up. And this is it. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah. the one for us, I feel like that's most pertinent for us, is the Ultimate, which is $17 a month. You get access to the Game Pass catalog for PC, console, day one games for any Microsoft uh, exclusive games. Deals and discounts, online multiplayer, and EA Play. So I already know, like, this this whole changing of the system doesn't matter too much for me because I've always been an ultimate subscriber, and I probably always will be since we do this podcast. But what do you guys think of this tier system? Because to me, like I said, I think this is weird. I think, I honestly, I, as you're describing it, all I feel like it needs to do is just add, like, a plus. Like, the core and console yeah. is fine, or, like, core, premium, premium plus PC... And then ultimate, yeah. and and that's all, which which Sony does. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really just that simple adding of like, all right, if you need it for PC, this is what you need. I mean, yeah, and so it's it's adding that. Now the EA Play thing is is kind of weird because I I don't know, maybe Blizzard Activision won't fall under that because they'll be owned by them. But yeah, I just that part's kind of weird. But I don't think it's too bad overall. I think maybe understanding the core concept a little bit is a little bit weird, but other than that, I think it. I think you're exactly right, though. Is it's just they have it and it's a good deal, but just ask people for another dollar, and I bet you ninety percent of people are just gonna go, yeah, we'll just pay the extra dollar at least. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna guess. So looking at the, again, it, it is a confusing setup. I'm gonna guess the most popular one there is gonna be the eleven dollar one. That'll be the one that I think majority of people will go to, I'm going to guess. Um, to me, this was inevitable. Uh, Game Pass is obviously an incredibly expensive endeavor, and it is the core to the Xbox experience now. Yeah. I don't know why you would buy an Xbox and not dabble in Game Pass. <laughs> I don't know why you would. Yeah. It just you, Why you would avoid it. That's just... They're clearly doing something that nobody else is doing. They're ahead of the game on it. 
and it is overwhelmingly a, a great value. So it makes sense that they're doing it. There's only one element to this, though, that pisses me off. Whoa, and it's whoa, not even the confusing whoa. pricing Jeez, tiers. Jeez. Um, irks Thank me. Thank you. Irks Thank me you. off. Um, Keeps the, offended. The only, the, the only thing that gets me in this, this, this whole thing, and you kind of touched on it in the very beginning, it, it should have been play online for free. Yeah. If you got a game, play it online for free. It, there had been rumors that this is where they were going for a long time. And then that was kind of going to be kind of one of their, their pieces of competition here. PC games do not require subscription services. Yeah. Consoles do. So to me, Game Pass is a thing that makes you different. Game Pass is ultimately where you're going to make your money in the long run if you're, if you're Microsoft. So here's how you do it. Yeah, we're going to raise the prices. Prices are going to go up on this thing because everyone's going to pay for it anyway. But moving forward, all games can be played online for free. So if you own it, you don't have to have an Xbox Live subscription. Well, Xbox Live is dead. Yeah. But you don't need to have an online subscription to play this. You can just go play it. That is the only piece of this deal that I think is dumb is that they're still continuing that process because you to get that $10 subscription, you get the Game Pass stuff, but you also need it for your, your okay, online yeah, that's, play. That's, so that's, that's what, that's, I, that's, agree, that's what yeah. I was asking earlier because I was going to say, like, I, I thought you could just play online for free and then that's where, yeah, I don't care if I have that no. rotating list month. And I mean, I guess it is kind of cool that, I don't know, well, does PlayStation require... A payment for online? I know. Yes, they do. So, they do. so yeah. I mean, if you're playing... It's still a stupid okay, console. So, yeah, thing. I mean, if you're playing on consoles, you're kind of limited by paying for some sort of online service anyways. It's a nice bonus, I guess, that you get the Game Pass games. But I, I 100% agree with Aaron. At this point, if you really want to incentivize it, go the route of letting someone, you know, buy Madden, which don't because it's a garbage IP and they need to figure out a new <laughs> football game. They need competition. Exactly. Um, but but if you go out and you actually pay for Madden, then you should just be able to play it online for free if you can find a game because, I don't know, the servers are garbage in that game. <laughs> well, if we found out what Keith's salty about, I'm salty about the Halo TV show. Oh, I just, I just <laughs> want a good football game so badly. Like, I... Don't we? I yeah. and not even for nostalgia. My goodness, the days of NFL 2K8. Oh man, that game was yeah. so much fun. Or like and back I, in the and day, I, I love bringing back N- the NCAA games, and I'm I'm hopeful that maybe it's it's enough of a different group within EA that they'll bring back something good. But you know, I just I just want a good football game. That's all. It's it's my. So by the end of the episode, we find out what Aaron's salty about. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really. I mean, I guess I was salty about Avatar Xbox Live. making so much money. Still costing money, but <laughs> Avatar yeah, but I'm, making I, money. <laughs> do you think that James Cameron just bought like I don't know five hundred million dollars worth of tickets and nobody saw those, but they were just paid for? I, I have debated that because I genuinely but the guy's don't got enough money to do it. Saw the movie, and he's got the ego. To like, do. like, like, like. <laughs> Like I, I've I've obviously seen a, a lot of movies this year, but almost every movie I've seen, with the exception of some some of those, I've known other people that have seen them, and yet Avatar Two is this mysterious film that apparently no one saw, and it made like a, a, a two billion dollars. Who was doing this? Told you, figure. Yeah, that 
Now I'm tripping. Keith, yeah, Keith Brown. So each but, one of us does something that gets under our skin. Here's here's the thing though that brings me a little bit of joy. There is a thing though that brings me joy there. And the thing that brings me joy is the fact that like Barbie just beat all the records. Yeah. And just made Avatar 2 look like utter trash in a matter of two weeks. Like James Cameron is over here looking at Barbie like, what the heck? <laughs> I w- I had I blue people. Blue I don't want to see blue people. You do pink. Did I do the wrong color? It, it's just and, and uh, yeah, that'll be the next film. Avatar three will have pink, pink people. people. <laughs> it just yeah. does Barbie. That's how he's but gonna compete. Just shooting fire because isn't the third one supposed to be fire? Yeah. <laughs> I have no clue. How would you know? How do you know what the third one's about? I, I actually, no I thought the you covered this, Aaron, on your podcast. That the, the next one's Maybe about we like did. fire I forgot. or something. Why would I care? Well, I don't know. Well, Why would I, mean, I care? Everyone, I, well, I think too. I saw. It was probably a Reddit post of someone basically saying that they're actually following the Avatar like anime show. Oh, that is so. I mean, I I believe it though. I mean, you just they're he's just following the same elemental traits as oh all of them, gosh. and that's how he's gonna wrap it. And the well, like the fire, so the fire dumb. nation is the angry one. The water's the peaceful. I, like it, it follows the oh same as the Avatar show. Just, I hope you're wrong, clear, guys, just, just, is, just hearing that. Th- this is related to your podcast, actually, because the <gasps> Avatar video game yes. is coming out. Soon. Is it? Oh, please oh. tell me it's going to be like an it ARPG, was, like a like a Harry Potter. I think it's from Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft yeah. is making it. It's supposed to and be from decent. supposedly people that have seen it. They said it's actually pretty yeah. good, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, doubt it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, no. So well, the one thing I will say, because I don't care about Avatar either. But I just got back from Disney, and in Animal Kingdom, they have, uh, like, a Pandora, Pandora section. It is gorgeous. Weird. And they ha- and there's, wow. like, a there's a Pandora, I don't remember, something flight experience, where you, like, ride on one of the, the, the birds. And it's, it's a really cool experience. They, you know, sights and smells and, and all these things. But I don't Sounds care stupid. about Avatar still. <laughs> like, you you could have made that experience anything. Just be like, hey, here's just an alien world you're going to explore. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is neat. I don't care that's everything. Did you feel like you were in the movie? Uh, no, but see? it did make me sick because those types of rides make me violent. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, it makes me sick too, Keith. <laughs> Which, yeah, you make a good point. So, it's funny, Keith. You came way south and me and Liz came way north in the same week. And we went to, yeah, the smaller theme park candy be like park and i'm just riding kitty coasters with our three-year-old and i'm like god this is making me sick like i loved coasters when i was younger but now i'm like god this is just making me sucks to get old it really does sucks to get old i don't do those rides now we did the teacups and i was just sitting there controlling the thing just keeping us in still motion (laughs) (laughs) no one move this is how we'll find maximum joy on this ride <laughs> I feel you, Keith. We did the teacups with way too many people, and I was like, "This is a miserable experience." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, ah, uh, there's still so much news. I feel like we should cover, but I feel like we should wrap up here. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. There's still a lot we can talk about. We're, we're going to try to do these episodes a little bit more often because people have been saying they've been enjoying it. So, all right, if you guys want this content, we'll give you a deal. Uh, if you have any game suggestions, please go to GamePassGrabBag.com. You can find all the links to all our things. Please give us some game recommendations or say hi. We always love hearing from all our listeners. I've been your hardcore game, Sandra. You can find me on XX Live at FireBirds0952. Keith, take it away. Um, 
I, I don't know. Same old thing. I've been Keith, so there's that. And yeah, that's it for me. Okay, cool. Great job, Keith. As always. Aaron, please do better. <laughs> All right. Tell so us. I am Aaron. You can find me at uh, the Screen Test Podcast. I co-host a uh, podcast about movies, TV shows. Technically, it's anything on a screen, but it's basically just movies yep. and TV shows. If you want to find us out on Twitter, we are at Screen Test Pod. Yeah, you recently did an episode of a movie, which this this uh, when you did this episode, it blew my mind as well because you talked about it. But you guys just recently covered Mystery Men, and yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I thought that movie made buckets of money because it I did. thought that movie defined our generation. And then when you guys were like, "Yeah, it actually lost <laughs> money in the office," that blew my mind. I, mean, I would How? I would have thought Mystery it did alone. Was a good movie just on the fact that it had Dane Cook because I know he wasn't super popular then, but I'm fairly I, I certain I forgot Dane Cook was in it. But I'm fairly certain his first. CD had been released and I think it was one of the only comedy CDs I've ever purchased in my life and I listened to it religiously I I don't think Dane Cook became really Dane Cook until post 9-11 yeah this movie came out in 1999 so I, I do believe this was even before Dane Cook was really a household you're probably right but I I don't know I feel like I remember maybe I just remember seeing the movie years later and thinking that it was probably a good movie because he was in it, but, but yeah, I no, I mean he's in it for two seconds. Uh, he's yeah. in it for two seconds. He literally has one scene, um, with, and I give you funny trivia. Yeah, I, I love the trivia that you came up with. Like that. that that was awesome. That was fun. No, I, I like. No, I, I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm not a big movie guy, but I, 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 I do I. listen to, to the Screen Test Pod. It's a good time. Yeah, what blew my mind was like you made a perfect point of like why I thought this movie did so good. It's because of Smash Mouth All Star yeah. music video is this movie, and yet still apparently yeah. no one saw this movie. Mystery Men, I loved that movie, and I still do. I think it's a great movie. It's not bad. Cool. Check it out on Peacock, the greatest stream. So actually, I, I have a question. Not being a movie guy, the so you you mentioned it cost like sixty eight million dollars. I looked it up because I was curious. That's like one hundred twenty eight in today's money. So if someone were to make that money today, is $128 million a ton of money for a movie to made, to be made? Uh, yes, and there's a general rule of thumb when it comes to box office numbers that to actually be profitable, you have to double Jeez that. Almighty. So they say that the standard is... Yes, so if, if, something costs, <laughs> if something costs $50 million... It, you would need to make a hundred million to make actual money on it because of marketing. So marketing takes up basically a second half of that budget. I think it's kind of a loose number, but it seems to be that's generally how the movies determine if something's a success or not. It has to. I double think that its makes. Budget. I mean, I, it doesn't make sense, but it is like a generally accepted rule. It makes sense. But I do. I, mm-hmm. The one thing I, I thought I, ma- I agreed most with was that it was probably made like twenty years too early. Because I think if that were made in twenty nineteen, yeah. it could probably still be made for sixty eight million dollars, and it could probably make I don't know two hundred million. It it because I maybe and, and, uh, what was it the superhero fatigue was the term you used. As I think if you put that yeah, out yeah. maybe right after Endgame. People would have been like, ah, this is kind of a cheeky little little fun play on superhero movies, and they would have been way more into it. Yeah. But they were just weren't popular enough at the time for them to be made fun of. So a movie made <laughs> yeah. too soon. Yeah, I mean, box office budgets are just a weird thing that I get kind of like 
really into following. Like, f- take for instance, I think it's very funny. Uh, no Hard Feelings Avatar. just recently came out with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, that movie cost $50 million to make a rated R comedy. That is way too much money because getting $100 million on a rated R comedy, even starring Jennifer Lawrence, was a really yeah. Well, because Jennifer ask. Lawrence isn't the person right. who wants I, I think a rated it, R comedy. Like, it, uh, in, a, in a comedy? Like, it was, I, she, it was oh, fine. I can see her yeah, being comedic enough, but not in, in that type Coming of after that serious movie from Netflix, uh, I can't remember the name of it, the end of the world movie. But yeah, to, you could point with Jennifer Lawrence's comedy. That's kind of weird. Uh, there is a um, ton, well, not a ton, but a decent amount of uh, gratuitous nudity on Jennifer Lawrence's part in that film. Seriously? So it kind of seemed like maybe they were banking on that. <laughs> Um, but comedy wise, she actually does okay in the movie, but it, the movie's just, it's your classic kind of over the top raunchy rated R film. So, um, but I think it did okay in the box office. I think it got close to like 60 million, but again, not enough to make its money back. So this stuff is just a weird side. We're supposed to end this episode. um, This is a really weird, long side episode of, uh, side of, of what screen test? There you go. Uh, screen test. It's a, it's yeah, a little preview. Yeah. Wait, wait to remember his podcast. <laughs> He's trying. I don't know. He's doing I, his best. I listen to it. That's enough. All right, everyone. Hopefully, we didn't lose you as listeners. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back again next week with another game review. We love you all. We'll see you again next week. Uh-huh.